0: Thank you for joining us on the CFF Podcast. Today, Pastor Pablo Martinez will be inspiring you with a message from the Word of God. We hope you enjoy and welcome home. Why don't we give Jesus a round of applause? How about that? Amen. Amen. Come on. Come on. Come on. Welcome home, welcome home, Uh, before you sit down give uh, two people a hug, before you sit down just two people a hug, it is that kind of church, Uh, maybe three, fine, go ahead, three people, feel the love, (laughs) four people, four people, anyway, welcome home, if you guys are here for the first time, it is your house, Uh, today we're going to talk about true love, what are we going to talk about? True love. Say it with me, ciao. we right, <laughs> uh, we're gonna talk about true love. So, however, we're not gonna talk about true love the way the way we think uh, or the way Hollywood portrays true love. Um, true love, according to Hollywood, is you know, I don't know, hook up and hook up for a long time and that's it. I'm just kidding, nah. uh, There's, uh, there's. What's your favorite movie? I just wanna know. What's your favorite, Alex? Alex, you're standing up. What's your favorite movie? The Notebook, huh? Uh, don't lie, bro. It is. I walk to remember. Ah, I got you. No, no, no. What, what's your, some of you girls are like, what's wrong with that one? <laughs> some of you dudes. Anyway, so what, what's your favorite movie? Let's see out uh, here. Anybody? Black Hawk, Down. Black Hawk Down's a good one. The Passion. Yeah, you bet. Okay, 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 okay. All right. We, we got Fresno in the house over here. Is it Fresno? Yeah. Oh, Wait, wait from Salinas. We got people all the way from Salinas. Give them a round of applause. And when you say Salinas, you get it, Salinas. <laughs> so welcome home, guys. Welcome home. They drove a long, long way, and they're here. How far is Salinas? Five hours. Five, good look, have Five hours. So, but they're here tonight. And uh, well, God bless you guys, man. Uh, so what's your favorite movie? Whoa. Uh, whoa. All right. <laughs> All right, good, good. All right, cool. Miklo. All right, uh, how about you, Marquitos? What's your favorite movie? Yeah, 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 yeah. Good, good. It's my disciple right there. Okay, cool. How about you, Alex? Titanic. Titanic. That's too long, bro. My neck still hurts from that movie. I'm like, okay, how about any girl here? What's your favorite movie here? Sierra, what's your favorite movie? Which one? Matrix Passionate. Wow, that's exact. <laughs> they're the same, I guess. I can see why they're both pretty similar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, somebody else. Becky, what's your favorite movie? Wait, 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 wait. Juan, what's her favorite movie? Oh, see if they're ready to get married or not. Oh, I just put him in. Hey, there you go. Is it? Is it? Wow. What? Okay, well, that counts. I think that counts. There you go. What's your favorite all-time movie? There you go. That's exactly what we're saying. The Mermaid. The Little Mermaid. Perfect. That's the one now. <laughs> All right. Anybody else? Just one more. JC, go ahead. What's Nouria's what's favorite movie? Yeah, of course. That's your wife. 51st Dates. Nouria, what's his favorite movie? Yeah. Lloyd. That's a great movie, man. <laughs> All right, all right, check it out. So in every single movie, right, in every, every single movie, there's a climax. Every movie you watch, there's going to be, you know, the, the setup, there's a the climax, and then you got this, this beautiful, incredible ending, the conclusion. Even in Dumb and Dumber, it's like, wait, wait, wait. They're, you know, calling down the bus, you guys remember that? Anyway, it's, the town is that way. But anyway, it's, it's such a funny movie. Anyway, if you guys haven't seen it, it's okay because you're not old. But it's a really funny movie. Anyway, so in every movie, there's a there's a peak, there's a climax, right? And I was sharing with the cell group yesterday that um, you know, I'm gonna share it kind of like this in a little bit a little bit different way. But uh, there's this guy. He he bought a ticket, right? A, a, a ticket to to this incredible train ride. Right? He's never gone on a train, and so. He, he decides to go see the United States via train. And, you know, he doesn't have much money at all, so he buys the ticket and he brings some crackers and some cheese, and I guess he overestim- underestimated how much he would eat. And this is a nine day trip, nine day trip, and he brought cheese and crackers. And so this brother is like trying to, you know, ration it out. rationing it out. And first day he goes by, he's super excited. He sees the mountains. He sees all the valleys. He sees everything. You know, he goes past California, and then he keeps going. You know, and he sees Nevada. It's this beautiful, incredible place. And he keeps on going east. And anyway, he's now halfway. He's, you know, he's super halfway through the, through the United States. And uh, and he's now starving because now it's been like four days. He's hungry. He's like, man, is this thing gonna ever, you know, ever gonna end? He's not enjoying the ride anymore. Now he's just looking around to see if he, who would hook it up, trying to make friends in the, in the train. And he's just hungry, you know. Eventually he realizes that there's this, this wagon that is only like a cafeteria. And uh, people are there, you know, nicely dressed. And so he peeks through a little round window and he's like, mmm. He sees somebody get up off the table very kindly, very quietly, pretending like it's his own table. There goes his friends. He sits down and he just starts eating the leftovers of that person. I mean, what would you do? It's the seventh day by now, you know? So this guy's just eating leftovers, and he does this for, like, two days. He's about to end the trip, right? And uh, finally he gets caught, and the waiter comes up. To, hey, sir, excuse me, uh, that's not your food. He's like, oh, oh, oh wait, is isn't! Oh, my goodness, I thought it was my food. Oh, my God, I didn't order the ribs. Oh, I'm sorry. And so the guy, you know, obviously starts telling him, hey, what do you think you're doing? Can I, your, can I see your ticket? And the guy's like, yeah, sorry about that. It's here somewhere, and, you know, finally pulls it out. And he shows him the ticket, and he says, why are you eating somebody's leftovers? He said, well, because honestly, I just brought cheese and crackers, and I have nothing to eat, and, and I'm just starving, man. The trip is almost over, and I just have, had to find a way to get rid of this headache. You know, I'm, just, I'm not even enjoying the trip anymore. I'm just so hungry. All I could think of is food. And the guy's like, wait a minute. Your ticket says all paid, all inclusive. You could have been eating this entire time, anything you wanted, and here you're eating leftovers. That's exactly what happens in the Christian life. It is exactly what happens with a lot of believers, man. They're like, yeah, I'm just, you know, trying to get some leftovers here and trying to get some, get hooked up by someone or, you know, trying to get some cheese and crackers in the very beginning. And I just got to tell you guys this, that true love, real, real love in Christ is amazing and it's incredible and it's an abundance of it. And the, the problem is that our definition of true love has changed so much from what Jesus said. Christ didn't have the Titanic. You're like, I know, I'm sorry, Christ. You know, Christ didn't have the notebook. Christ didn't have Dumb and Dumber. Christ didn't have, you know, uh, he he didn't even know Mel Gibson. You know what I mean? He lived it out. Christ didn't have anything else except his father's heart. Listen to this. This is what the Bible says about true love, okay? Check this out. Verse 34 of John 13. I guess that sounds confusing. John 13, 34, 35. A new command I give you. Love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples. If you love one another. It says, a new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you. And that is where you truly find what love is. As Christ loves we want to love the way the world loves. We want to love the way we feel like being loved. We want to love people the way they think they need to be loved. But when you love people like Christ, it's only it's the, I would tell you this, is the only version of true love. Now before some of you romantic folk get angry at me, I love my wife. But pleasure is not the measure of my love. Let me just repeat that to you. I love my wife, but pleasure is not the measure of my love. You love God. I get it. Some of you are searching after God, but pleasure is not the measure of your love. You cannot measure the love that God has for you based on the pleasure you feel from him. And don't get me wrong. There's beautiful and pleasurable times with my king. I love Jesus and I love loving him. But listen to this, please. If you are in this place, in this church today, thinking and pretending that loving God is always a high, you're in big trouble. Because loving God, although it is amazing and there's incredible moments, encounter moments, loving God must be expressed all the time. Whether you feel good or not feel good, whether you're balling or broke. Amen? Whether you have someone there that is encouraging you or you're the encourager constantly, you and I must learn what true love really means. And true love unexpressed, is it really existent? Meaning, if you don't express love, does it really exist? And how do you know it exists? Let me show you something really, really cool. It says, a new command I give you, that you are to love one another as I have loved you. And then it says, you must love one another. He repeats it again. By this, everyone will know that you're my disciples. If you... Love one another. In two verses, he says it three times. Love one another, love one another, and love one another. You think he's trying to tell you something? What do you think he's trying to say? Nah. He's trying to tell us to love one another. But how are we to love one another? Exactly like this. He says, as I have loved you. Now, we love each other by saying, oh, you're doing so good. Oh, you look so good today. And that is great. Don't get me wrong. Sometimes we need that. Sometimes we need it more than other days. But many times love is not expressed that way. If I love my disciples, I will form them. I won't just encourage them. And if I love my kids, I will discipline them. I won't only tell them how good and great they are. Because eventually, that good and great will not be enough. Listen to me, please, for just a second. God loves you so much. And if all you want is an encourager, then all you need is YouTube. (laughs) But if you want more... From God, If you want the full ticket, if you want the full ride, if you want to actually experience what all-inclusive means in the kingdom of God, there's something to do. There's somewhere to go, and we're going to go there tonight. Uh, the first point I would tell you, and I, I normally, I'm trying to get into this, this, uh, this mode where I stick to my points, because then by the end of the sermon, I only talk about the introduction or something. So I'm trying to get to the points today, but first thing, say with me, it's not about me. It's not about me. All right, so who is it not about? All right, good job. So the quickest way to not have true love in your lives, the quickest way to not have true love in your lives, meaning the quickest way to not experience the love of God in you is this. This is how a person can be miserable. Think about yourself. Talk about yourself. Use I as often as possible. Mirror yourself continually in the opinions of others. Listen greedily to what people say about you. Expect to be appreciated. Be suspicious. Be jealous and envious of what others have. Be overly sensitive. Oh, that's a good one. Be overly sensitive. Never forgive a criticism. Trust nobody but yourself. Demand consideration and respect. Demand it, okay? Think, believe, and act like you are always right. Mm-hmm. Pay attention if people are not grateful to you for favor shown to them. Never forget a service you have rendered. Avoid your duties if you can. Do as little as possible for others. And remember... It's all about you. That is the quickest way to be a miserable believer. I'm not even talking about non-believers here. I'm talking about Christians. I'm talking about people that are supposed to be Christ-like, but it's so much about you. So much about you. So you stepped into the right church tonight, maybe the wrong one. Depends on what you're looking for, right? But I'm telling you this one thing that I know for sure one thing, and that is how to rejoice in God. How to endure, how to keep on going, when others seem to stop. How to not tap. This is the way the way I would just tell you, when, yeah, it's a saying, I don't know if they say it anymore, but when the things when is so it when the when the going gets tough, the tough get going. You guys ever heard of that? Yeah? I would say when times become trying, do not stop trying. Right? When times become trying, man, this is some trying times right now, this is some testing times. When times become trying, do not stop trying. Sometimes we stop so quick because we're motivated by the wrong, please listen to this. We're motivated by the wrong desires, by the wrong focus, and by the wrong vision. Sometimes we think it's about us, and I'm telling you guys very, very quickly, right here, right now, you will never make it in this vision if you make it about you. You will never make it as a disciple of Christ if it's about you. Jesus Christ, the first thing he tells people, hey, pick up your cross. And follow me. I was listening to a sermon today about this, this preacher. He's a great preacher, and he said how his goal is to make it easier for people to come to church. And he does everything, everything possible to make it easier for people to stay in church. And as I was listening, I was like, "Yeah, that's pretty cool." But then all of a sudden, I remembered that Christ never was trying to make it easier. If anything, he was trying to make it harder. <laughs> like, like, if you want to leave, go ahead and t- go and leave too, you know? And I don't understand. I'm not saying that, that the idea is not to have people feel welcomed and loved. By the way, this Sunday is going to be off the chains. It's going to be so crazy, so good. Um, I can't wait. It's going to be cool. I already have five people confirmed, new people, so they're confirmed already, and if they don't make it, they're going to pay me, so uh, that's how we're doing it, but uh, I'm seriously, I'm excited, I've been inviting, I've been praying for people, and I'm just really, really pumped, any guys praying for your people, yeah, all right, you're not only going to pray, you're going to now tell them, okay, not just, I've been praying secretively, I'm a secret agent of God, No. okay, 007, not this week, all right, so anyway, so do something about it, you know, Um, let's, let's actually put some feet to our faith, is that cool, yeah, okay, so anyway, so enough of that, but one of the, the craziest, craziest thing that you see in the scripture is that Christ would tell people, pick up your cross and follow me. Pick up your cross and follow me. What does it mean to pick up your cross? Let me put it like this, when Christ hung on the cross, he laid himself down. Let me, let me just get that through our heads. When Christ laid on the cross, he laid himself down, right? When Christ was laying on the cross, he was laying himself down. Let me repeat that again. When Christ was laying on the cross, he was laying himself down. When Christ was laying on the cross, he was laying himself down. So Jesus tells people, you want to be my disciple? Pick up your cross and follow me. It's not about you. Well, then who is it about if it's not about me? Uh, God? Sometimes you may have a better way of doing things. You may have a better way of running the universe, but you don't have a universe. Chuck Missler said that, he told me that via some old recording when I was 18 years old. And I was angry against God for some things that were not happening in my life. And I heard that and it forever changed my universe. I don't have a universe. I'm not running this universe. He is God and that position is already taken. Amen. Praise God that the position of God is filled. Because if any of you fools take it, I'm I'm done. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> makes sense. I'm done too if I take it. So God, let God be God. First thing that God says to you, if you want to experience true love, is you have to pick up your cross. You have to be able to follow Christ. You cannot learn, please listen to this, you cannot learn to love like Christ if you don't even like him. You cannot learn to love like Christ if you, want, if you don't want to be like him. You cannot learn to love like Christ if you're unwilling to accept what he died for. Let me repeat this. You cannot ever love like Christ if you're unwilling to accept what he died for. What did he die for? If you're unwilling, yeah, if you're unwilling to accept what he died for, you can never love like Jesus. Can I say this? I don't ever want you ever, ever to get married unless you learn to love like Christ. I would, I would tell that girl, run for the hills. And I would tell that guy, just run even higher. I'm just telling you guys... To be in a marriage without true love is hard. Might as well. Nah, it's hard. It's hard. Listen, guys. It's hard. But when you learn to love like Jesus in marriage, it's awesome. It is bomb. I'm telling you, it's, mm, it's bomb. Like, it is so good. I haven't seen my wife in like eight days, so you guys got to bear with me. She comes back on Sunday early morning. I'm, I just can't wait. <laughs> She's in Argentina, and I'm like, Argentina feels like another universe right now. But uh, I'm telling you, I, I've never missed anybody in my life. I never did. I went to Africa for I don't know how long. I never even texted anybody. I went to Colombia for like six, five months. I never even, I don't think there was even text. I think it was just email. I never emailed anybody. But right now I'm like hurting, man. I'm like, <sighs> no one tear, but I'm hurting still. I'm like, ah, you know. But anyway, I, when you start loving like Christ, you start realizing this. It's not about me. 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 Whitney and I, we were talking yesterday about the Furies. I got two Furies now, a white one and a black one. And uh, don't no, don't clap. They look like crap right now. They don't look good. Anyway, so there's these old cars outside my house, and uh, and I've I I was making a, an account of how much money I've actually saved or how much money has gone through my hands in order to paint the Fury or to really get the job done, and uh, and I realized I've gone in my own money that I've tried to save and then. Stuff that's been given and even gifts from like my team and all that. I've gone through over $9,700. $9, $9,700. You know the Fury is still not painted? And it still looks like the Fury. You know? Do you know why? Because my wife's dreams are my goals. Now I'm not regretting. I'm like, well, <laughs> I got this crappy car. But what do you have? Well, you got the camera. You got this. You got that. It's learning to love like Christ loved us. Christ gave himself up for us. First thing to say is not about me. So the first thing that we need in order to be soul winners, please listen to this. First thing that we need in order to be soul winners, you have to understand that it's not about you. You will never win a soul for Christ. At least not, <laughs> at least not on purpose. Right? Because not even win a soul on, like not on purpose. You know, like, oh my gosh, well, sure, I'll just pray for you. Okay. Can you pray for me? I really want to receive Jesus. Seriously? Like right now? It's happened before, I promise you. It's happened where people were just so hungry for God that God will use a donkey. You know? <laughs> and so anyway, but if you want to do this purposefully, if you want to really experience God's love and God's love flowing through you into somebody else, first thing you need to learn is that it's not about you. So the first thing is what? Not about you. If you ever want to be miserable, make it about you. If you ever want to tap out of ministry, you ever want to really out- tap out of the service of the Lord, make it about you. The quicker you do that, the quicker you're done. I'm serious, man. The only way I know to endure, and not just endure, overcome, not just stand it or put up with it, but really be able to say, Lord, I love, I love you loving through me. Let me repeat that. I love you loving through me. It's when you realize it's not about you. You know how much joy it brings to a man to see the person he loves fulfilled. You know how much joy it brings to a woman to see the man? I don't know, but you guys know? Just kidding. Ha, to see that man fulfilled. I, I could imagine is one of the greatest joys. When Eoni cooks for me, she looks at me, not the food. She's like, did he like it? Right? Why? Because she receives so much joy from my enjoyment. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. So the first thing is that it's not about you. If you're willing to experience true love in a relationship or a friendship... If you ever really want to experience love in a relationship, get rid of you. The quick, Pastor Caesar told me before I got married, he said, Hey, I said, Pastor, please give me a a piece of advice. This is one of the, the man with one of the largest churches in the world and one of the most powerful ministries that ever, ever stepped foot on this earth. This is a supernatural man with a powerful family that loves Jesus and loves him. So I got something to learn from my pastor. So I go up to this man, a very, very busy man. I said, Pastor, I'm about to get married. What advice can you give me? I'm waiting for this incredible revelation. Incredible relation. One of the things he tells me is, die. <laughs> and he said, die to yourself. And then he starts laughing. Ah! <laughs> his glasses back up. <laughs> and I'm like, Ew. and then he says, don't get married to be happy. I said, well, I already know that one. Get married to make her happy. And he said, no, get ready to raise a generation for God. And, and then I understood, then both of us will be happy. Does that make sense? Because none of that statement said, just make sure you're fulfilled. Make sure you get your own you time because you need your you time. Right? Make sure you get your time. Because if you don't get your time, she's not going to give you your time. you got to get your time. Or you guys are going to have an empty tank and then you're going to have nothing for her. It's not like that. He said, hey, die. The quickest you die. Listen, I picked up a possum one time in sixth grade and I tried to carry it on my back. But before I did, I poked his eye. Why? With a stick. I was like, is it, is it really? Because possums play dead. You know that, Right? But even a dead possum feels an eye poke. So I was like, <clears throat> jab. <Why? laughs> just telling you. I'm just telling you guys how to deal with a dead possum, all right? But <laughs> If you ever want to carry it on your back in sixth grade, bleeding on your pants. But anyway, so why am not you bring that up? Because when you die, in Spanish there's a, there's a saying in Argentina, calavera no chilla. Meaning, if you're dead, you're not going to complain. You're not going to be whining all the time. You know why you whine so much? Because you're so alive. Because are still about you. It's like, well, my literally doesn't love me. <laughs> poke. You know what I mean? Like, hey, you know what? Like, I don't know. This song is just, they play it too much. Poke. Right? Does that make sense? Oh, I don't know. I don't feel God's presence. Poke, poke, poke. Why don't you, instead of trying to feel God's presence, why don't you express to him your love? See what happens. I mean, unconditionally. Like, okay, I don't tell Eoni. I don't really feel you loving me, so I'm not going to love you until you love me. Does that make sense? Because then it's about me. How about if you just every once in a while say, am I dead? Poke. Financially, you talk about tithing. Some of you guys are like, oh, 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 oh. Right now, talk about tithing. Oh, no. Because you're so alive, bro. Seriously. you. Hey, last time I heard, listen to this, please. You can get physically tired. I get that. But when you're emotionally drained, you're emotionally drained. I keep saying it like this because it happens. Like, I feel so emotionally drained. I get one simple truth. Just one truth. Let's go to the next point and I'll tell you what the truth is. First it's not about me and then love is a command. When you're emotionally drained, is the time to give most. Let me repeat this. When you're emotionally drained, is the time to give most. Let me tell you why. God commands you to give not because he's trying to get something out of you, because he's trying to get something to you. Let me just repeat this to you so you know how to respond when you're emotionally drained. When God commands you to give, it's not because he needs something from you. He can use rocks. He can use donkeys. He can use anything else and anyone else. They don't even have to be Christian to do what you were going to do. Listen to this. If God is trying to get you to do something, it's because he loves you and he wants to get something to you. When you're emotionally drained, is the time to give. Is the time to love. Is the time to bless. When do you sow seeds? When do you sow seeds? When you see no fruit. Right? You don't just sow seeds when you have a bunch of fruit. You sow seeds so that you see fruit. How about sowing seeds of love? You want revival in your life? I mean it 100%. Do you want revival in your life? By definition, revival means life again. Right? If you want life back into your spiritual life, be a life-giving agent. I know so many believers... But I want, man, I know soul winners are not running dry. A soul winner does not run dry. Show me a soul winner. I'll show you someone who has revival. Man, revival in their spirit. Can I tell you this? I have one example, and she's not the best example in everything, but she's a great example in this one thing. Listen, there's this one lady I met. All the time she was sharing Jesus. All the time she was sharing Jesus. This lady didn't have money. This lady didn't have you know, how do I say this? Like the, the, all kinds of things. But everywhere she went, she shared Jesus. She got hit, she got hit with, with a terrible disease. And uh, eventually, you know, I, I used to do choir with her. I used to sing in choir. Can you guys believe I used to sing in choir? It was crazy. Yeah, I retired. So, um, but and, and she, she it was so bad, bro. Seriously, it was bad. But nah, you want me to? Nah. You got to pay a lot. Hey, you got to pay 20%. Not I'm scared. No, <laughs> no. <Nah, nah. laughs> anyway, so she was this lady in, my, in the choir. One day I'll sing. One day. But she was, lady, she was this lady in, my choir, in the choir. And um, Hermana Eduviges, her name was. Okay? And Hermanita Eduviges was always joyous. Always joyous. She was always happy. Anybody heard? You heard her? You remember her? Anybody? No? Anyway, back in the Baptist. She was part of the Baptist thing. But anyway, she was so amazing. Always joyous. Always happy. Her car would break down everyone. So she's this older lady and people would just have to help her on the side of the road. And she had these great testimonies. How the person came and helped her. Like she would witness to them and they give their lives to Jesus. And, and then she didn't care about the car anymore. But that was her tool of witnessing. And everything was a tool to witness to her. Everything, everything. Her condition was a tool to bring people to heaven. Listen to what I just said. Everything about this woman. And I thought, ah, maybe, maybe it's just because back then I was even more, how do I say this, cynical. And I remember, seriously, I remember talking to her family members, especially when she passed. And they were saying, man, this lady all the time lived in joy. All the time. And they couldn't figure out if it was that joy that helped her witness or if it was that witnessing that brought her joy. And you know what? To be honest with you, I don't think we know where it started. It's like the chicken or the egg. Just kept on going and going and going and going. Because most of the time when God is giving you a commandment, listen to this, is not to hurt you, but to protect you. Every command I give to my kids, my five-year-old particularly, and my two-year-old even more, every command I give them is not because I want something from them. What makes you think, listen, what makes you think that a good father would give you a rule to get something from you? That's ridiculous. You're not a mom and you're not a dad. That's probably why. But when you become a father or you become a mom, you realize, hey, don't touch the stove it's not because I feel powerful if you don't touch the stove, right? It doesn't make me stronger if you say, oh, my father's so wise. He doesn't want me to touch the stove. It's because I don't want you to get freaking burnt, right? If I see you touching a stove, I was like, listen, my son used to touch stoves for no reason. He just liked to touch stoves. Maybe because it was, he wasn't supposed to. And one time I was doing barbecuing outside. It was so cool. And uh, he was sitting there. I said, don't touch the stove. He said, okay, dad. And he's just sitting there, he's looking, he didn't even say, okay, dad, I think he just said like this. And I just kept on cooking, and I saw his little hand go like this. What do you guys think I did? I let him have it. I said, okay, here we go. <laughs> and I knew how hot that still was, I was like, mm, ah, this kid screamed, and of course I told the only what happened. He said, you let him burn himself? I said, of course, called controlled pain. Right? Why do I say control it so he doesn't burn the house down, or eventually, you know, do all these horrible things, become a pyromaniac, like his father was at the age of 16? I was getting. <laughs> Listen, controlled pain. Remember that word forever. I shared it with one of you guys at some point. Controlled pain. Controlled pain. Controlled pain. Controlled pain. Man, when the Lord loves you, He'll give you controlled pain. You think I can't take this, and God's like, tss, tss. Yeah, you can. I'm trying to tell you not to go there, but you keep going there. Unless you learn yourself, sometimes it's just going to have to be prodigal style. So many times, you guys, God wants to tell you, love people, love people, love people, love people, love people. What about me? It's because I love you. I want you to love people. I know so many Christians, so many churches. Guys, please, please, please listen. So many believers that say, I'm stuck, Pastor. I tell you, just go win a soul. I know, but I'm stuck. <laughs> go win a soul. You know what I do when I get stuck? I don't because I win souls. I'm serious. You know what? If one day I feel self-centered, I am not even playing. Because that happens. Sometimes the flesh begins to attack. And you know when it's attacking because you get emotional. You know what I'm saying or no? Yes. Guys, do you know what I'm saying? It's not just girls. Yes. Yes. Accept responsibility. When you feel like just living for you that day. And that's just the beginning of a sad story every single time. Every single time. Why do I tell you this? Because when you realize that Christ commanded you to love, he commanded you to love. Oh, but love is in so many ways. No, love the way Christ loved. Shut up. Right? It's not love in so many ways. It's love the way Christ loved, which is very different. Very different. We love the way Christ loved. How did Christ love? He died on a cross. He gave himself up so that you would have eternal life. Well, is that what Jesus meant? Absolutely. Read the Bible, Jesus Christ didn't have a wife. Why? Okay, I just got real. Right now, it's gonna get so real. Right now, because that's not the ultimate goal in life. Yeah. Jesus Christ didn't have a career. Why? Because that's not the ultimate goal in life. Hey, listen, Jesus Christ didn't have a car or a nice, you know, horse. Because that's not the ultimate. He didn't have a stang, a Mustang. Eh? <laughs> he didn't have that. Why? Because that's not the ultimate goal in life. So what did Christ have? Uh, disciples. He had no wife, but he had disciples. Yet you want a wife and no disciples. <laughs> holy crap. Okay, I know I shouldn't say that word, especially because my sons. Anyway, but holy chamoli, right? So, why in the world would you think that your priority is to be happy instead of to be holy? Because holy is not perfection. Holy is being set apart for a purpose, right? Holiness is not from something, it's for something. Remember that. It's not I'm holy from I don't drink because of that. No, it's not, I don't drink because of that. I don't drink because I got all these things going in my life that are so powerful, so important. Listen, there's so many things you can do that are on the fence. So many things you can do that are on the fence. Remember, please, so many things that are on the fence, but you got too much to win and too much to lose. Let those people that have no purpose do all the fence stuff. It's for them, but it's not for a child of God. Why do I tell you this? Because Christ set precedence. He chose To have disciples over. Now this is going to sound really complicated. And I don't want to mess it up for you. I don't even want to make this a theological statement. I just want you to get the understanding. The feeling of it. Christ said this is not my family. These are my family. Those that do the will of my father. Yet I grew up in a culture. Where the most important thing. Is family. Now I know I'm attacking some dogmas right now. And I'm going to get some heat from it. From some of you. But the truth is this, Jesus Christ said, these are not my family. These are my family. Do you know why? Because Christ had an eternal mindset, not a worldly mindset. Now, don't get me wrong. Your brother, your sister, your neighbor, these are your first ministry that makes you a minister. So Christ understood that. This is why he said, which is the word for two weeks from now. Hey, John, here's your mom. And mom, here's your son. He made sure family was taken care of. However, guys, don't you ever get it wrong. Don't annul your calling because one of your family members wants you to stay with them. <laughs> if that was the case, most of you wouldn't be saved here today. I'm saying that with all my heart. My mom many times would tell me, don't fast. You're going to get too skinny. Te vas a morir. Right? <laughs> seriously, she would say I was going to die from fasting in three days. I was like, mom, seriously? Like, for real? You know, and she's like, no, 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 I prayed and I don't think God wants you to fast. I said, it's okay, mom, because, you know, it's, you're not God and that's the end of the story. And that's true. I remember that one time, <laughs> I shouldn't even go there, but that one time, one time we're all supposed to travel, I was supposed to go somewhere, God told me I was supposed to go. And my mom's completely opposed it, like I said, no, you're not going. And I said, mom, you're just my mom. That sounded really hard for her. And it sounded really hard coming from her. I was like, well, did I just say that? Especially as a Mexican. I don't know if you guys know, but Mexicans, we like our, our lips fall and our tongue gets purple and our hands fall if you ever raise it against your family. But that's kind of the, the idea. And I said, look, you're, you're just my mom, but I have to obey God. And then I went on and said, well, you obeyed God when God called you to do this, 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 this. And then that was kind of the That was when I was going to Africa. And that was the end of that story. Because I know so many things happened in that trip that God did in my life. Why am I telling you guys this? Because even Christian family, many times they want to live at a level that Christ wants you to surpass. I'm going to repeat that to you. Many times your family want to live at a level God wants you to surpass. My own brother and my own sister at some point were not living radically for God. One of them was very much in his, in his job, making money, working and doing his thing. The other one was just getting every career she can get. All this university, which is great things. These are not evil things. But God had called me to serve God. Why am I telling you this testimony? Because I had to learn something. That to love God, truly love God, and to love people, it doesn't just mean buy them things. It doesn't just mean say nice things to them. It means you care about what Christ cared about first. And that is that their relationship with God is enduring. And it is not just a shadow. It is something vibrant and it is alive. The reason I'm telling you right here, right now, from a podium, these things, is because one day, you guys... One day I decided that I wanted what Jesus wanted. You have a pulpit. Your pulpit may be your career. You have a pulpit. Your pulpit may just be your, you know, your bedroom, your, your family, your brother's there, your sister's there. Whatever pulpit God gives you, use it to draw people close to him. One day, please listen, one day, just one day, God will require of you the time that he gave you and what did he do with it. Winning souls is not a matter of pleasure. It's a commandment to love one another as Christ loved us. Of course, that also has to do with fellowship. Let me go to the next, next point. So, Christ said to love one another, okay? Now, what does it really mean to love one another? Love is a command and, next point. You can't give what you don't have. And so, for this, I brought something. You cannot give what you don't have. I've talked about it, but I hope this illustrates it a little bit more. So, this is called an oxygen tank. What is it called? All right, cool. So when, I, when I've gone scuba diving, one of the things I learned when I'm diving is that every single diver has two mouthpieces. One for themselves and one just in case. Why is it why just in case? Just in case someone is without oxygen. Underwater, you can hear things really well. So you're breathing into this. And when you're running low on oxygen, you'll hear... Uh. <coughs> it literally sounds like that. Uh. And you're like, someone's running out of oxygen. Uh. And it could be someone further, or someone closer, but in the water, you could hear everything. It's really crazy because I've run out of ox- oxygen a couple times. <clears throat> and I had to latch on. Remember that. I had to latch on. And here I am next to someone, and here I wanted to see those things because I had seen something called a Morena More. You know, right? Those things that are, like, big old mouths that will, like, bite your face off. They're awesome. And instead, this cat wanted to see the, like, sea flowers. I don't know what they're called. Like, coral. <laughs> and I was like, bro, there's an animal that will, like, chop your, eye, your face off. And here you're trying to see sea flowers. Like, let's go see that thing. But I couldn't because, uh, you know what I mean? Because I was latched on to this other human being and to whatever they wanted and wherever they wanted to take me. And I couldn't get away from it because the moment I did, I just didn't have it in me. That's exactly what happens. Listen, guys. We are here and you cannot give what you don't have. You have to learn that if you are going to be a loving believer, a true loving believer, you have to make Christ your oxygen tank. You have to have your own source of oxygen. We provide so many beautiful things in this church. Amazing things, man. There's amazing leaders. People that will love you to death. I mean that. They'll love you through your issues. They'll love you... Through everything. We are pastors that are not perfect. But we're madly, madly, madly passionate about the work of Jesus. We will live and die for this. We're busy with you. Does that make sense? We want to see the world completely surrender at the feet of Jesus. But the only way we can do this is by each one of you having your own oxygen tank. Otherwise, we will all latch on to each other and no one will get anything done. Listen, when you have your own oxygen tank, when you can say, hey God... I got you. You are my source. You are my source. A thousand may fall to my right, 10,000 to my left. You are my source. I don't care what was, listen, I don't care what was the issue with my whole family. All I know is what God called me to do and be. Listen, I don't care what we're going through. Of course, I love people. One thing I know for sure is I got my own oxygen tank. I learned something. I had to live this in my own personal life. If everyone else abandons, I will remain. It's called standalone faith. Do you have standalone faith? Do you have what it takes to tell Jesus Christ, I know what you called me to do, I know who you called me to be, and I need nothing else, just you? Nothing else but just you. I was talking to someone the other day. It was this couple, and I was telling them how the best moment of your life is when you're in your biggest crisis. Because it is then where you learn that God comes through in the worst possible moments. Man, it is not till you get to that place where you're like, I can't. And God's like, yes, we can. We can do this together. See, when you have your own oxygen tank and you stop depending. Now, here's the word, depending. I'm not saying you cannot get help. I'm not saying you don't need each other. I'm not saying we don't need discipleship. By God, we need discipleship. What I'm talking about is the dependence on the Holy Spirit. That even if that's not there, I got the Holy Spirit. I got my marching orders and I'm going to follow through with this. I want to finish with something super simple, right? Let me just say one more thing about the oxygen tank. Oxygen tanks feel super heavy. I mean, this thing is weighing, I don't know, maybe about 20 or maybe 30 pounds, okay? So oxygen tanks are super, super heavy. Listen to this, please. They're super heavy, right? But when you get under water... They become so light. As a matter of fact, you have to wear weights around you to hold you down. This is cool. Listen, please. Why is it? Because oxygen is tight in there and oxygen floats, right? The density is much less than, than liquid. And so now it's trying to go up to the surface. You have to weigh yourself down. Listen to what I'm telling you, okay? An empty tank, okay, this is wild to me. I, I didn't understand it. How an empty, A tank outside of its place, like right now it's so heavy. And then as soon as you get in the water, it's like, oh, it's helping me float. Right, but what if this tank is empty? What if I just walk around this tank in the wrong setting? Listen to this. What if I put this tank on? I strap it on, and I try to play soccer with it. What what would happen to me if I try to play soccer with it or jujitsu with the tank? That would suck really badly. Right? A lot of Christians think that God gives you this amazing relationship with Him, this amazing thing, so that you could go play your own thing, so you could go live the way you want and do whatever you want. And it's just a weight, man. It is just a burden. you want to live Christian life and do your own thing, it's a burden. Don't do Christian life. Just do your own thing. Go in the world and at least be that way. Be real. And then at least that way you will know that there's an oxygen tank waiting for you to go in the right place. But many times people try to really just carry around. Marquis, if you can help me out with this. See if you could try to carry around this oxygen tank and just, you know, try to play. I'll take go to the back. You know, oh, I chose the wrong guy, dude. I chose the wrong dude. Um, But, you know. But trying to, head. ooh. Oh, yeah, let's see, give me 20 of those over here. Squats. Over the, over the head, though, over the head. Over here, papa. A ver si muy, muy. Ah, all right, give me 20 of those lunges all the way to the door. Oh, come on, bro. Ah, super hard. Let me see some lunges at the time. All right, one, two, one, two, three, four, five, six. Se- what are you shaking? Seven, eight, nine, ten, ten, eleven. That's getting heavier, huh? Twelve. Thirteen. Fourteen. Fifteen. Sixteen. Seventeen. You alright? Eighteen. Nineteen. Twenty. One set. You gotta do five sets. I'm scared now. you gonna run applause. Okay, so that thing starts getting heavy. But if you were underwater, if you were in the right place, in the right environment, that would be the biggest blessing of your life. The biggest blessings. Woo! But a lot of believers, they try to live out of the place where God put them in the wrong way. And they think that this Christianity is going to bless them. Walking with Jesus is the biggest burden of your life if you're not walking where he wants to walk. It's called being unequally yoked. So let me show you something. Let's go to the last point, And I'm going to show you this. Um... You can stay with me, Marquitos. Grab that, the wood that you had, please, the, the piece of wood. So um, this is the, you can't give what you don't have. Let's go one more. Christ is enough. Okay, so a yoke is, is this. So this is a yoke. Let's just pretend. A yoke is meant to tie two animals together. It's for plowing, meaning it's for living lines on the ground for you to sow into. So this is a, a yoke, and so what they would do back in the day, they would put an experienced ox next to an unexperienced ox, right? They would try to train one with the experience of the other. Does that make sense? Okay? Now, what that meant is that they would unequally yoke these two oxen because one knew what to do, and the other one had no idea. The wild ox would pull every sway, and this one eh, try to go this way, and it would get distracted, and then it would go that way. And eventually, though, eventually, if that other ox was not strong enough and was not good enough or was not experienced enough or didn't have enough oxen in him to punish the other one when he didn't do things right he would get hurt his neck would begin to bleed because the rope would begin to start cutting him and they would both begin to get really tired and messed up the lines would be crooked right but here's the crazy thing if they're both equally yoked And they both could walk straight. They both could get a lot done. It's not just together. It's just synergy now. And now they're walking in complete harmony. And it makes sense now. The work is easy. The burden is light. Because now they're equally yoked. Right? The problem is this. When you're walking with Christ and you're still trying to do your thing every time. And you're trying to pull in this direction. You're going to hurt yourself. You're going to honestly not just hurt you. You may hurt other people along the way. Why am I explaining this? Because winning souls... Cannot be done when you're unequally yoked because it's a burden for some people. When we're in this G12, right, this vision that so many people misunderstand is not about having a leader or making being a leader. Why do we do leadership? Why do we do this church? Why do we have a band? It is because we want to be equally yoked with Christ. Christ walked a certain path. And I want to walk in it too. What path do you want to walk? I mean it 100%. I already chose But have you chosen the path you want to walk? I'm not saying you're good at it. I'm not saying I'm good at it. I'm just telling you, I walk with him because I'm trying to learn from him. I really am trying to say, God, I don't know how to do this thing right. I don't know how to disciple my family. I don't know how to raise a priestly family. Man, I don't really know how to win someone and then disciple them back to life. I really don't. What I do know is is that you know how. And if I get undercover, if I get yoked with you, if I stop trying to do my own thing my own way, and I try to do it your way, everything's going to be amazing. And that's called equally yoked. Does that make sense? Here's a wild, thank you, Marcos. Give him a round of applause. He, that's what you get for sitting in the front. Um, but for many people, Christ is not enough. Christ is not enough. If you are not enough for me, please listen. If you are not enough for me, I will go find something else that thing that I think satisfies me, right? If Christ is enough and you've settled that issue as a believer of Jesus Christ, if he, just he, I'm not talking about ministry, I'm not talking about church, I'm talking about Christ, you are enough. Whatever you have for me that I want and that I love, that is the beginning of a great relationship, the greatest relationship you will ever have. In the beginning, I talked to you about what true love is. And Christ said to love one another as I have loved you. Christ loved us with everything he had. He gave himself up. He gave everything he had for you and for me. I mean, everything he had. He has nothing else to give. He gave it all. Do you believe that? That if Christ had something else to give, he would have given it. It took everything out of him. And yet for some, it's still not enough. How insulting it is for you and I to tell Christ, I still am not convinced. I still don't know if you are for me. If I tell my wife after all her sacrifice and time and all the stuff she spent on me, say, you know what, you may not be enough. Eleni, thank you for the children. Thank you for the home. Thank you for the encouragement. You got me through so many times. You were there when no one else was there, but you're just still not enough. Hey, thank you for the hugs. Thank you for the kisses. Thank you for the other stuff, but you know what, it's not enough. So I think I'm going to try something else. Now, wait here though. Because if it doesn't work, I'll come back to you. And what happens is this. I'm not talking ministry. I'm talking about your personal relationship with Jesus Christ. You want to win souls? You want to make disciples? First thing you need to do is let them be enough in your life. Otherwise, how could you advertise marriage if you don't even believe in it? How could you want a relationship for someone else when your relationship's so jacked up? A person in true love can share that. You know why many people want to get married in this church? Listen it's not a secret. It's because there's beautiful marriages in this church. It's true. If every marriage is jacked up here, nobody would want to get married. Did you know that? Seriously, people are getting, man, people are getting hitched, Doris, where are you at? Can you wave your ring around? Hey, hey Where are you at, Doris? Uh, is that thing shining through the window? Uh, she's knocking on the window like, "Come, come, 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 come. <laughs> so You know, uh, people, why, why is it now, Emily and Manolo, you guys got to hurry. Oh, (laughs) well, you don't have to hurry, but if you can, if you want to. But uh, anyway, so who else do we have coming up? Is there anybody else here? Who? Becky Becky and Juan. Woo. Ciao. All right. Okay, okay. How do we embarrass them more? Because, you know, it's not enough. Anyway, okay, cool, cool. So, uh, but, you know, Louie and Natalie got married until now she's pregnant all of a sudden, huh? I'm going to do mathematics. I'm going to be like, well, how many months was she pregnant? I did the wedding here. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> he's really good at that, man. Uh, but, okay, anyway, so if you really want people to be saved through your life, enjoy your relationship with Jesus. If you really want people to be saved through your life, enjoy the marriage covenant relationship that you have with God. You're the bride. He's the groom. Enjoy your time with God. Spend time with Him. Have true love. True love is sacrificial. Sacrifice for God. True love gives, genuinely gives. Give to God. What? Everything you got. Wow. What does that mean? Everything. Everything? Everything. You know, I don't have passwords that only doesn't know. What the heck? That doesn't make sense, Pastor. Yeah, I, do, I don't. I don't even know my password sometimes. I have to ask her for my passwords. What was my Facebook account password? And she's like, I don't remember. I think I got it to your name or something. I think it's your name. You know, Emily knows every password. Why? Because she has everything I have. Everything I own is hers. Everything I am, seriously, it sounds so cool. So, You know why? Because it's so hard not to. It is so hard not to. How could people live with lies? It's so hard to lie. I don't know how you guys have the mind for it. Some of you guys are like, I don't have the mind for it. That's why you get caught all the time, right? Listen, it's got to be so difficult to live in lies. How pressing is it to live a relationship with God without full disclosure? How could you say, God, I want other people to know you? I want other people to come to you, come to you through me. When you're not truly in love with God, I would just invite you to do one thing tonight. Ask God to make you a soul winner. Ask God to help you win souls and make disciples. But ask Him to do it the right way, not out of pressure. But out of desire, the pleasure that there is in saying, God, they will have what I have. They will enjoy what I enjoy. Dear church, we won't win souls and make disciples just because we do G12. (laughs) That doesn't work. Not like that. G12 does not work without the passion for Jesus Christ. I don't care what method you do in this life. I don't care what it is. Even if it seems to work and it doesn't work out of the love of God for people, it's going to crumble. It's going to fall. And it will only glorify men. I know a group of people that's standing right in front of me that actually do love Jesus. I know. I know that you love God. I know you want to live for Christ. This is the time. Not tomorrow. Not the next day. Sacrifice for your lover. Give to God. What? Time. What else? Effort. What else? Finance. What else? Dreams. What else? Words. Give to God. God. How about, how about this? Reputation. Have you given God your re- reputation? Man, I just touched on a point that I should have touched a half an hour ago. And I'm mad now because I don't get the time to do it. Because now key, now the keyboard's playing. And I'm glad you're playing because then I keep going. Listen. Have you given God your reputation? That's my rep. I got three credit to keep. <laughs> now, nah, bro, it's your reputation. That's the problem. You know, I was looking at the Billy Graham video. I haven't watched in a long time anything i've been so crazy busy and yesterday i put elijah to bed after we had cell group it was an awesome awesome night i think i fell asleep trying to put him to bed then i came back i was like what's up girls and then everybody was just there pastor you fell asleep trying to put elijah to bed i was like no you know but anyway yes so i finally went i just sat down in this little couch without legs because they broke the legs and i'm just sitting in this couch in front of my tv and i'm like i'm gonna watch something i'm gonna i'm gonna treat myself to something And I had no better idea than to watch a documentary of Billy Graham on Netflix. Holy moly. I was like, I just had an encounter with God right now. And I'm just telling you guys this. As I'm watching the life of this man. I mean, this is a Netflix, like, I don't know if it's an original Netflix or what it is. And I'm sitting here looking at this guy. I'm like, Lord, I've done nothing for you. What am I doing sitting here? I've done nothing for you. I can't wait to live for you. I can't wait till tomorrow. I mean it. I cannot wait till Friday so I can share this word with the world. I cannot wait to talk to the next person, to give another phone call, to encourage somebody else. Listen, I was going by my gym, right? And I stopped. I came back. I said, I just went out to the coach. Hey, coach, you know, I just want to tell you, I'm praying for you. Really? Say, said, yeah, how are you feeling? Because he was feeling kind of dizzy the other day we practice, And, you know, he's like... Oh, I'm doing good. Hey, you came back just to tell me that? I say, yeah, coach, I'm praying for you. He's like, hey, you know what to say. I don't say thank you. What the heck? Or for real? I just say, yeah. You know what my next step is? Do something amazing for him. I'm already working on it. I'm building this intense, huge rack, like out of metal for him. The best thing that a uh, really expensive gyms have, he's going to have it. He's like, how much is it? Oh, nothing. Don't worry about it, coach. No, what do you mean nothing? I'm not going to have it for free. <sniffs> coach. Right? I was like, I got you, coach. I'm doing acts of love, acts of service. I'm praying for him. I'm showing him the love of God. What's my next step? What's my next step? Inviting him. If he doesn't want to come to church, I'll bring it to him. Does that make sense? Hey, I'm going to have a barbecue at my house with a bunch of guys. Guess what? We're going to pray for the food for like half an hour. You know what I mean? Like, listen, I love my coach. And because I love him, I don't want to go to heaven without him. Because I love Michael, I really do care about these people. I don't want to just go to heaven without these people. I love them. See, true love, sacrifices, gives. Oh, Pastor, isn't that a lot of hours? And yeah, but there's a purpose behind that. Everyone that sees it and hears it, they'll know that there was a reason behind it. Why am I telling you guys this? Because I know that you have so much love in you that is trapped behind you. Get rid of you. Stop thinking your finances, your car, your clothes, your account is yours. Get rid of your reputation. Give it to God. Give Him your desires. Give Him your heart. Give Him your career. He'll make something so incredible out of it. Amen. Amen. Be a soul winner. Be a soul winner. Be a soul winner. Be a soul winner. You want to have a loving relationship with Jesus. Be a soul winner. Get in the right context. Get in the right environment. That's His environment, not yours. Start flowing with God. You will enjoy it so much. Listen, it's not always easy. I'm not gonna sit here and tell you that walking with Jesus is the easiest thing you'll do. You will have to sacrifice more than anything. But then again, would you really want a marriage without sacrifice? Absolutely not. Would you ever want something great without knowing that it is price? Oh man, that it is so pricey, that it actually costs something. Who would run a marathon if it was only 500 meters? Who would call it a marathon? It's called the sprint. Who would climb Mount Everest if it was only one mile high? Am I making sense? Who in the world would want a relationship with God if it was easy? I know who wouldn't. God. He would say, no, thank you. I don't like this. Let's do this the right way. Close your eyes with me. I want to pray for you. I want to pray that today you become a soul winner from the inside out, not from the outside in. I've been asking God, God, I want this church seriously to have your heart, not just your appearance. We want the heart of God. We want to win souls and make disciples. But why? Because we're loving God. We're loving Him. We're in love with Him. We cannot wait till the next day to find someone to share the love of Jesus with. Do not go to sleep any day until you share the love of God with someone. That will be so much easier. When you actually have a relationship with him. If there's someone here that doesn't have a relationship with Christ. If you are here today and Christ is not enough for you. And you still have said, I don't know, I'm not feeling fulfilled, I don't know. I'm telling you right here, right now. Right now. This is the time where you tell him, Christ, I love you. And I want to know you more. You are more than enough for me. You are more than enough. You are more than enough. Dear God, I want you. I want to say this to you. If you don't enjoy Christ now, why would you ever want to go to heaven? Why would you ever want to go to heaven? Get to know him. Get to know Christ. Don't let him be a burden in your life. Let him be the greatest joy. You will see how exciting life can be. Now jumping off a plane and parachute will make sense to you. You won't just be seeking adrenaline rushes. You'll find something greater even in that midst of the incredibly crazy thing. If you're going to play something, you're going to play it for the king. If you're going to have a relationship, it will glorify God, not just your flesh. Come on. God loves you so much. He wants to do life with you. This is a time where you have to say to God, "I, I need you, God. Would you please help me get rid of myself? I want to pick up my cross. I want to follow you. God, I want to be equally yoked with you. Jesus, I'm sorry. I've hurt myself too long. In trying to pull my own direction, I want to walk with you, God. I want to have the kind of faith that is standalone faith, to where everyone and anyone else is a blessing but not my oxygen tank. You are my source. Dear God, in this place, in this church, we say to you, you are the source. You are the source, God. You are our oxygen tank. God, you alone is the reason we're here. God, you alone, you are the reason why we pray, why we sing, why we work. God, you are the reason why we're here. God, we love you so much. I ask you now that if someone is here battling with the flesh, battling with sin, battling with a a specific thing that knows doesn't come from you, God, I pray right now that that thing, that very thing would be sacrificed at your altar right here and right now. God, that they would surrender that relationship. That they would surrender that one thing that is not pleasing you, Jesus. Dear God, I know you demand great things. Not because you need them, but because you want to give us even greater. God, if there's someone here that is struggling in an area. Maybe it's sin. Maybe it's something that's on the fence. I pray now, God, that they would surrender it. God is asking you right here. Oh, man, I get... Oh, man, God is asking you for something. One of you needs to surrender something. God is saying you're a soul winner. You're a soul winner. You will bring so many to heaven with you. You will not be empty-handed in heaven. You will have crowns. Oh, man, crowns all around you. You will have so many crowns, so many crowns. Each one of those is a soul. And you'll be able to render them at the feet of Jesus and say, Here you go, God. This is what I did with my life. This is what I did with your sacrifice. Listen, some of you here are innate soul winners. Some of you here truly love God. Some of you here want to live out a relationship an all-inclusive relationship with Jesus miracles in there all kinds of signs and wonders passionate pursuit of God joy freedom peace power purpose God has all included in him in his ticket in his sacrifice in his calling there's everything there yet you have thought you thought that this one thing you're chasing after is worth more than his incredible inheritance for you I want to tell you now stop being foolish This is the time to say to God, I give you this area of my life. This question is yours. I don't need an answer. I need you. I need you. You are the answer. God, this argument, this pain, this sorrow, this person, this thing, I give it to you, God. My dreams, my hopes, my desires, they belong to you, Jesus. I ask you now, God, that as people lay down their their idols, as this church, God, lays down their life, their time, their efforts I invite you to take some knees I invite you to take your knees in a moment there's no place closer to heaven than your knees and just say to God I give you all that I am and all that I have God take it God take it I need you more than pleasure I need you more than my own desires God I want you Lord I want you I want your joy to be my strength I want to make you joyous God I want to make you happy I want you to be pleased by me God I ask you now, God, please help me, Lord. Help me, God, to love what you love and to hate what you hate. God, I don't want to pull away from you. I don't ever want to walk a path that is the path of least resistance. God, I want to be a soul winner. Jesus Christ I need you so much I need you more than ever ever in my life this is the time and this is the place God I want to be in the right environment that is where you called me to be to do the things you called me to do God I let go I strip the weight off I get rid of everything that is added that does not belong to you dear God in this moment we surrender at the altar at your feet All things that are not from you or for you, they are yours now. Everything is yours. Take it away, God. Do with it what you may. Use it, God. Take it away, God. I ask you now, receive it. When I count to three, God will receive your sacrifice. It'll hurt. It'll be difficult. For some of you will bring tears. For some of you will just bring excitement. But God, at the count of three, I declare that you will receive their sacrifice. God is bringing to you something that you've been struggling for, you've been fighting for, something that's been holding you back. Right now, maybe it's your character, maybe it's something in there. Hey, maybe it's a sin, or maybe it's something as simple as something good, but that God never put in your life. And God says, what are you doing? This is the time. Offer me your Isaac. Offer me your Isaac. Give me that thing that you want. Give me that thing. I'll give you something greater. Believe me. God, I ask you now that at the count of three, an anointing would fall in this place for soul winning God where we strip off completely of the gar of the old garments God Where we get rid of the chains God that hold us back Where we get rid of the image the image that so many people try to uphold the image that does not save souls the image that rejects people the image that makes us feel accepted but in reality are being rejected God it is so fake and I ask you now to help us have an image in you just you Jesus just you Christ you alone are our image you alone God you alone you we were created to be in your likeness and in your image God I pray right now I pray right now Lord that you help us Jesus help us God right now you may need to surrender your image oh God you need to become God is putting it in my heart to tell you something Reinhard Bonnke said this to us in a conference I remember the night he said it God has imprinted his image in your life. The Bible says that he made you to his likeness and to his image. Someone came up to Jesus. Brought him a coin. And they said, should we pay taxes or not? Should we do this or not? Jesus said, he looked at the image of the coin and he said, what image do you see in this coin? They said to him, "Is the Caesars. And he said, then give to Caesars what is Caesars. God imprinted his image and his likeness in your life. So give to God what belongs to God. If you bear the image of God, then you belong to God. If you've been created by the king, then that is the one you ought to please. So right now, we're going to lay our lives down and let God do something great with them. Let him lift it up. You don't have to do it yourself. He'll do a greater job than you ever will. One, you're going to lay your lay right now your sacrifice at the feet of Jesus. Two, please, God, please, Lord, receive me. Oh, it's hard for some of you. Some of you are consciously doing this and you're thinking, God, I don't know if I can. And God says, yes, yes, trust me, believe in me. I'll give you something greater. Believe in me. Give me that. Maybe it's pain for some of you. And so long as you're in pain, it gives you the freedom to not share. Because it's about you. Maybe for some of you here, it's someone, a relationship, something. Three, now. Now lay it down. Lay it down, lay it down. Lay it down, lay it down. Lay it down. down. Receive it, God. Receive it, God. Receive their sacrifice, God. God he's taking it right now he says I receive it now I accept it it's pleasing to me it's painful but it's pleasing it's a burnt offering I can smell the sweet aroma of your surrender of your sacrifice let your fire fall God let your wind blow give him a new breath God let your fire fall. let your fire fall. let your fire fall." Your fire this your fire this your fire this God is receiving your sacrifice I declare now an anointing of soul winning over your life where you lose inhibition you lose fear you're getting rid of that in the name of Jesus he says I'll take it I'll give you my image I'll give you my strength I got your future it's set in me you're standing now on firm ground, on solid ground. All the ground is shaking, but I'm telling you, you're standing on solid ground. Jesus, just you, you are enough. Begin to tell God that he's enough. Begin to praise his name. Begin to tell him that you love him, that he's more than enough for you. Man, if you're here for the first time, I'm going to tell you one thing. You couldn't have come in a better day. From the very birth, from the very moment that you accept Christ, you understand now that it's not just about you. That there's a world that needs Jesus. And you must tell them, God, I want you more than ever, but I want to share with you, God. I want to share you with others. God, I ask you now, please, use us. Tomorrow, divine appointments. Tonight, divine appointments. God, divine appointments. God, I want to get rejected for you soon. I can't wait for someone to say, nope. And I feel you saying, I accepted you. I hear you, God. I hear you. I hear you, God. I hear you. I can't wait to make a mistake because I know, I know that a mistake, a so-called mistake for you is much better than doing everything right outside of your will. Dear God, I pray right now, I pray right now, Lord, that you give us vision. Make them visionaries, visionaries for your kingdom. Let them dream big dreams, God. Big dreams. Some of you are opening your cell group right now in your spirit. Man, God is giving you your 12 right now in your heart. Right here, right now this Sunday you're seeing people walk with you that you might have seen once but they will be one way or another blessed by your life I declare now in the name of Jesus a different kind of people a different kind of Christian I declare a different kind of generation Jesus we love you so much we wish we could stay here all night searching after you and we tell you Lord we want to we want to keep after you I want you to do one last thing here And I want you to set an appointment for God. Set up an appointment. Tell him when and where you will be. That he will meet you there. A place where you will not be interrupted. Where you will have to speak with God and he'll speak with you. Not a place where you will go feel something. No, it's a place where you'll go speak to the Lord. A place where you're going to say to God everything that's in your spirit and in your heart. A place where you're going to intercede. That's going to become a place of war. A place of rest. A place where you conquer all things in the spirit set up a place and set up a time and God will show up in the name of Jesus I declare right now come on go ahead and set the time on the place I'm not just preaching I'm telling you this is something God's putting in my heart I don't ever call myself a prophet and I will never one thing I do tell you is this when God speaks I usually say it God wants to have an appointment with you he's waiting for the time he's waiting for the place I cannot say amen, I cannot say this prayer is over until you set the time and you set the place. Where, when, what will you cancel for him? Who will you say no to in order to be with him? What inconvenience will you have in order to have time with your Jesus? This is the time where you begin to pay a price for a good relationship. This is the time where you give a priority right here, right now. Abba, we love you, we need you, we want you. It's all about you, Jesus. We desperately need you. I say to you, thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for your blood. You're more than enough for me. You're more than enough for me. I love you, Jesus, and I will love you no matter what, no matter who, no matter when all the days of my life with my last breath God I will praise your name I will preach of you God I say to you now we love you we love you because you first loved us this church belongs to you God these are your disciples we belong to you God we are yours do with our lives what you must Jesus we cannot wait to have an exciting life for you it is in your name that we pray it is in your name that we raise priestly families it is in your name God for your sake I will win the world for you Jesus. I thank you so much. I thank you so much I want to say one last thing dream dream for dreams are the language of the spirit. dream church, dream dream be bold, be daring start dreaming loud dream loud, dream loud, dream loud, dream loud, dream loud let the Lord speak and you re- just say it let the Lord speak dream loud. God, I ask you that you help these people here, God, become the people you call them to be. God, that there will be people here that are lawyers, man, that are so passionate for you, Jesus. That we will win cases just by your anointing, God. There will be doctors here, God, that will be so different, God. That will pray for their patients and they will heal before surgery, God. I know, I know there will be therapists here, God, that they won't have to go that long. Because why? Because you're with them, God. And a few moments will be better than another therapist years. Because you have, you are with them, God, because you will use them. There will be here, God, politicians that will change policy. God, that will direct cities and nations. God, I declare now, there will be people that will be in sports, God, that will give you glory, not just with their lips, but the way they play, God. There will be people here, God, that will raise families that the world will be baffled by. That they won't know why they're so joyous. Your children will make other children jealous, and they will wonder what you your children have. They will wonder what it is, and your children will be so generals they'll bring them to the house and they will know Jesus Christ because of your children I declare now that God is pouring out his spirit on you because you're ridding yourself of that which held you back this is a special night God will use you be used by God I am useful so are you in your name we pray God in your name we pray we don't want to leave this place but even worse we don't want to leave your presence God like Moses said if you don't go with us, then we don't want to go at all. God, we cannot wait to do life with you. Jesus will love you. We're in love with you today more than yesterday. I want to keep falling more and more and more in love with you, God. I want to know you more, God. I want to love you more, God. You're worth it, Jesus. Thank you, God, for this beautiful ministry. I know, God, that it's just a seed that will give fruit a hundred and a thousand 10,000 fold God in your name we pray I cover them with your blood God your precious blood Jesus guard their hearts protect them fire them up for your glory it is in your name we pray amen amen you may stand up sorry guys you may stand up give God a round of applause Um, I was deciding if to go all night but I know I know I know that there's so much one thing I tell you guys spend time in the presence of God I don't know if you can feel it If you have a pulse, but God is working, God is doing something, this is the time to spend time in the presence of Jesus. Go spend time with God. You know what? Tonight, go have fun. Do your thing. But if you think you're going to be too tired to spend time with God afterwards, just go spend time with God. If you want to spend time here with God, I'll let you borrow my key. I mean it. I brought it. If you want to go somewhere, APU has a chapel that's open 24 hours a day. Go spend time with God. It's not that cold. Go find a field. Hopefully not too far up in the mountains, but go spend time with God. Make it a habit to pursue Jesus. Amen. Let's not be religious. Let's be about our Father's Father. Now, I'm not saying to you, you will do that every Friday night afterwards. You won't have quesadillas every day. I'm not saying that. But I really do feel like God is saying, pursue me, pursue me, pursue me. Search for me while I might be found. This is the time to seek God. I know when the windows of heaven are opening, and you got to find those spots. Sometimes God is doing something different, and today is different. I don't know if you know, but today is different. Pursue God, pursue God. It's okay to tell people today, hey, I'm going to go search after God. Or you don't even have to sound like that. I say, yeah, I'm just going to go home. But it's not evil if you go eat something. It's not evil if you guys go hang out. You had plans, that's fine. You're not going to be the bad guy if you say, are we still going to eat, we still got to live. It's okay. But what I am saying to you, if God is putting something in you, obey it. Learn to say no. That's a very anointed word. Amen. I'm going to give you one last thing that I didn't say, and I think it's very important. The best way to not do something evil is by doing something great. The best way to not do something evil is by doing something great. The best way to to not sin is by realizing what God has for you today right now i will tell you this i would be a really good sinner and by i good i mean like a horrible one but you know what constantly constantly reminds me every single day of my life every day of my life is not that i'm married and it's not even my children it's that my god died for me he gave everything for me and who am i to take it for myself God loves you. He has a plan for your life. Let's live it out. Amen. God bless you guys. I wish I could give each one of you a hug. We love you very much. And maybe give each other a hug at least once. So that comes from your pastor. God bless you guys. See you guys later.